Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 380. Back after a short week's break, I had a bit of a holiday. Went to Turkey. Lovely place. Never been there before. Lovely people. Weather was almost lovely, but got a bit stormy, so we did miss out on a, that full kind of sun, sea and sand kind of experience, but uh, very nice indeed. So I want to welcome uh, you all back. Welcome to our chat room. We've got plenty of people in there. Fulsome, I think, is what I'm supposed to say. Um... I think that's right. Chronicache.com was one of the interpretations of that. Uh, uh, I think it's the um, Symphonic Choirs East West uh, built thing that was uh, part of uh, one of the competition for these theme tune. I think we should run another one of those sometime soon. Uh, once we can figure out how to do it. Anyway, welcome everybody. And also, don't forget, we've got a sponsor of the show. Isotope are sponsoring the show. In fact, because we had no show last week, uh, we've got, well, there's no reason that Anything's any different apart from we are picking a winner from the previous week, uh, where uh, some you had to enter competition via Twitter. Details on that later because there'll be another one this week. But uh, we'll be picking the winner to win a copy of RX4 and also setting another competition. So, two copies of RX4 going out today. You know, amazing, really. What fantastic sponsors. We thank them once again. Anyway, let's um, let's go and say hello to Gaz because Gaz is our panelist in the singular. Nice to see you, Gaz. Gaz Williams, of course, professional bass player, music producer, um, many other things besides. And host. You may have seen his Cubase specials. And uh, the last thing we posted, I think, was the uh, Groove Agent 4 that we did with The Andy. beard. The, the, the beard, beard off. off. Beard off, yeah. yes. I'm afraid you <laughs> lost the beard off. You won on the hair, but lost on the beard, I would say. <laughs> uh, um, speaking about the Sonic state themed uh, the sonic talk theme there you know it, it, i mean that was an amazing competition all well good few years back now wasn't it so i think it was, yeah i think it might be worth it would be quite cool to run that again though although i do i would miss that i would miss that choir one but uh, i know what you mean i think the thing is the reason i've been reticent is because we had to have this upgraded soundcloud account which costs a fortune frankly for what you get just to be able to allow people to drop things into a dropbox so that we could enter and the whole catalog because we had something like 50 or 60 entries mm. and it was really hard um, mm. to go through all of that with the mechanism that's so if anyone knows of another way that we could run that I would like to hear about it because the thing about SoundCloud is just so easy you drop an mp3 you're done if there's anybody other, if there's any other YouTube YouTube yes that's true we could do a YouTube we could provide a short animation that had to fit couldn't we ooh hey there we go that's like a, a kind thought. of oh, like the opening like the kind of uh yeah now that's a thought gaz you've just you see what this brainstorm <laughs> this what this brainstorming does for you it's fantastic collaboration it's a wonderful thing thank you very much yeah so we maybe we'll do that i'll, I'll have a think about how that could work and we'll um uh bing bong does nick remind anyone else of woody allen good grief i hope not he's about 80 and also a convicted paedophile is he not <laughs> i don't think allegedly allegedly sorry not convicted i'm terribly sorry about that very funny bloke um so i, I yeah i'll dig that and a brilliant yeah. filmmaker perhaps not me the brilliant filmmaker but you know thank you sort of maybe i don't know anyway uh that was in the chat room if it went past does anyone yes there you go just for reference point so anyway um we have some topics and things um and me and Gaz will attempt to um, to to fill out our allotted time on this live stream with that. Uh, before I did, I've had awful. We've had this awful situation because um, what we've done here, um, 
this isn't i was away for a week and during that week our internet just went down and it was this sort of we've got new routers new switches new cables and it seems to be isolated now i found that we've got a mac mini which is running osx and a vm machine of centos which runs our backup system you know it, it has a copy of our database so it's always there's always a live version here in case anything goes wrong online but that for some reason is just throwing everything out of whack if anyone knows why i've tried I've tried to, uh, to, to to talk to the chat room before the show. Uh, many people think DCHP. Anyway, so I've had to switch it off because otherwise this, the, the internet connection just kept dropping. It's really curious. Anyway, uh, and then my Bluetooth has gone on. I've got now got like, I've just got loads of mice that I've got to use because, because mm. basically my magic trackpad is broken, which is, or it's screwed up. The Bluetooth is totally screwed up on my website. But apart from that, everything's fine. How's your week been anyway, Gaz? Sorry, I've just been waffling. Uh, well, um, yeah, I've been uh, avoiding work like the plague, and just so I can play my bass more. <laughs> mm. You have a new but, bass, um, don't you? Yeah, so I've been having lots of fun with that. Um, I've uh, I've just joined a new like, Afrobeat project, so that's been quite interesting. Sort of, uh, uh, so I've been actually doing a lot of. Um, I've been doing a lot of listening and a lot of sort of playing along with things. Uh, uh, research, and, musical research. Yeah, and, you know, every time I do that, I always think, you know, I should do more of this. And it's my, my, my tendency is always to try and create new things and to, you know, to be very creative. But just to actually sit, and, you know, play play along with sort of Fela Kuti albums and uh, just really just trying to get a, a real feel. You know, it's such a good thing to do as a musician, just to play along, uh, play along with things, and just um, really try and get it, the feel of the pocket, you know, the pocket, you know, the pocket where that groove is. Just how whatever instrument you play in, just how play it fits along together with. in a different style of music. That's an interesting idea. Mm, yeah, so I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of that, and um, you know, I just, I got a backlog of jobs i need to be doing. so <laughs> so it's, it's it's with a with a with a guilty a guilty feeling uh but um yeah yeah really cool um and just uh getting and and i mean when i talked about my new base the other day there's, there's these filters on there and i've been exploring that and i i think that um you know there's uh two low pass and resonant filters you know well a, a filter per pickup and uh, and just I don't understand why every bass doesn't have that built in, you know, because it's so cool. You can get such amazing tones. It's interesting. Um, I think well, you, you meant, when you mentioned it, just just to recap, this is the uh, what's the name of the bass that you're talking about? Uh, it's the the Waghorn uh, Gecko. That's right. Uh, I remember you spoke about it last week, and mm. that had something in common with the wall bass. And I think the wall bass was slightly different in that it had a sort of more of a a bandpass filter that was kind of a, or a, a high Q res, um, right. EQ, and you, you, the, the push pull pots that would that would change yeah. the the frequency or whatever. I, I seem to remember it's active. Obviously, yeah. The yeah, reason, no, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. But that yes, that I remember the wall bass had a certain sound, and it just it would really because you could really get it to haw 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 haw. You know, it would really poke out. Uh, obviously, yeah. uh, Mick Khan's tool of choice. They were lovely basses, actually. Those. Um, yeah, I, I just don't understand why Fender don't team up with. Well, the uh, most of their stuff's but, passive, isn't it? I suppose. Uh, no, that's no. I don't know. Some, maybe, some, maybe but, you know. But you know, having like Moog filters. You know, that, that's interesting. No, because there was the Moog guitar, wasn't there? A Moog guitar. Yeah. A Moog <laughs> bass would make much more sense. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, if you just did it on a scratch plate and you could just literally have everything mounted onto the scratch plate, the filters, just drop it in to a uh, standard Fender Precision, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, on the subject of bass, obviously, uh, Jack Bruce um, passed oh. while I was away, which is a, a sad day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, sad. but going back a bit to what you were saying about musical research, this kind of links into the first video, which uh, was rather neat and un- an unexpected link. <laughs> <laughs> Is this actually making a noise? It was making a noise earlier. Ah, there we go. This is uh, a chat called File Transfer F- File Transfer Protocol, an act. Uh, and this is just him. What was interesting about this is him using the Pittsburgh Modular System 10, which is a sort of uh, all-in. There we go. All-in-one, like sort of modular system to go. And this is just him noodling around uh, with it. But what was interesting about this, more more importantly, what's that in the background? That looks like some sort of a... Is that a Roland thing? Or a, or a TX? Oh, I can't tell from here. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I mean, you can watch the whole thing. But what was interesting is in the kind of time, in, in, the, in the stuff that he wrote down, uh, you know, the comments for the video, not the comments, the description, he was saying, you know, most of you don't realise that, you know, or maybe you do, for me to produce a certain amount of music, there's hours, if not days, of stuff going on behind the scenes of just noodling around and fid- finding kind of directions to go in and what have you and i and i just i thought about that actually really i mean nowadays you know specifically when you're maybe working to a tight schedule or you're working to picture or any of those kind of things i mean that's the sort of thing that one doesn't really have so much time for and it sounds like that's kind of what you've been doing to a degree i mean do you when you're starting a new project do you a recording project or or, or writing a song or anything do you just grab whatever's available do you spend a little bit of time noodling around how does it work for you it's that's a very good point actually because I think uh, the times where I have researched things or have put a little bit of you know and really focused the idea once you actually move on to the actual production or writing side of it it's it you've got like a kind of roadmap to it um, but quite often I will I won't do that and I'll sort of just end up you know noodling something into existence and then not having any clear idea what to do so i mean it does make a lot of sense um but you could definitely relate i could definitely relate to what this chap was saying about uh playing with the pittsburghs which did do sound very was, nice yeah i mean he say. got it to, to do all sorts of really gnarly stuff i'll just bring yeah web page up this is his name uh, file transfer protocol ftp mm-hmm. uh, uh there he is he's uh that, that song he did is uh i guess he's an independent artist as far as i can tell he's got a nice setup there yeah it did sound mm. good didn't it yeah, uh, but I mean, you know, I, I just just because so, I'm talking about my bases, what I do, um, I was doing something in Loopy uh, on the iPad where I plug it in through a Apogee Jam thing and just literally play into a click track the same bass line, but on all the various kind of settings, you know, uh, and then I can just toggle between the loops just to listen to what those different settings sound like relative to each other and so and that, that was particularly for for this afrobeat thing so i can i so i can figure out which sounds to 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 go to but uh, i guess the point i'm making though is that that stuff does take a lot of time yeah. um 
And it's hard to maybe justify that time or to justify it to other people, you know. But, well, but you've got to do it um, sometime, though, haven't you? I mean, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, you've got to yeah. either do it for years before you start going out professionally or you've got to have little slots in your win in your timing you know in your in your in your working day or working month where you just go right today's just a messing about day i've got this new plugin or i've got some sounds i want to just sort of explore that and see where it takes me so that you've got you're sort of constantly topping up your reservoir of you know ideas that you can kind of refer back to possibly if you're that sort of person that it works yeah i mean this comes back to a point i think we're making about the uh what was the synth we looked at last the last episode serum you know this amazing synth that's got essentially infinite potential and all the other synths with infinite potential and just like i feel i do feel guilty about moving on to something else when i'm thinking like say omnisphere for instance you know um, omnisphere could do you for life really couldn't it if they just put sample import use a sample import that, that would be that'd be all you would need you know but but then you know move on to the next thing and just like ah, oh, i could really you know i should really spend six months just on the one just really learning how to use it and then when i'm on a session or you know just go to the one thing just that one thing you use again that's the advantage of hardware though really isn't it you know yeah more than... i just i want to say the shout out by uh, uh grid sleep for sin plant uh, which is something that i haven't uh uh, that's a really good uh, synth if you get the chance to check that out. I've um, mm-hmm. I've actually uh, I, I hasn't made across to my new install yet. I must get that back in I and get that sorted le- out. I, I did learn something about Synplant the other day. Is that um, <laughs> there was an OP1 uh, update which brought this thing called the cow or the coo i think you say it in sweden um cwo and it's a, it's one of the things that people really love on the op1 it's this psychedelic cow and it's got four stomachs and each knob <laughs> con- each, each knob controls each so, stomach. So random. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, but it's it's to the best effect in the op1 it's fantastic but that was actually programmed out that was actually made by the sin plant dude and sort of brought in ah, as a, okay uh, so I can't think of his name now. I think it's a Swedish fellow, but uh, yeah. very clever man. Yeah, no, really good stuff. But uh, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm I, I've spoken about this before. I, I'm, I'm now I'm because I've been reviewing a few sort of monosynths and modules recently. I've really found. I mean, it's actually I think what what flipped it for me was the uh, when I the Arturia Microbrute, and I just did this very simple synth jam, which was just a jam into an input in Logic with a delay on it, and I just mm. created this sort of melodic sequence live you know playing off the clocking of the delay rather than any anything else going on and there was a square wave that was just kind of going oscillating i think it was fifths or something and it it really made me think oh you know that is a really evocative melody and it made me really value the just the the purity Mm. of a single a single instrument and a single idea rather than you know piling loads of stuff in and going right you know is i'll work i'll make it work somehow by adding more stuff it, it really made me think actually you know maybe it is possible to do something very very simple and then that, that followed on from building up i built freeze reverbs into when i had the uh, behringer x32 here there was a beautiful quant, uh, qrs quantum room simulator which had a frozen reverb and you just add more notes to that and create these massive lush pla- pads and i just thought mm. hmm 
Now, yeah. that's interesting. I'm liking the idea of going in that direction. So I guess what I'm saying mm. is, yes, I think noodling is very important, but you need to give yourself time to do it because it's not the sort mm. of thing you want to do when you've got a six o'clock deadline for the uh, music queue that you've perhaps uh, got to, to work out. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm notorious for staying up all night, you know, just I get into something and just noodling. <laughs> I just... Just don't want to go to bed. Can't. But that's so. But essentially, what you're saying is, you know, that's when you do yours. You know, and that's fine, isn't it? Because if you do yours, then great. Because that's sort of time when your brain is in a different mode. You know, and you're just following your nose and just, you know, maybe going round and round things and appreciating the nuance of certain things or just hypnotising yourself with the same two-bar loop, which is what I've been known to do myself too. But you know, those times are those are the things that help build your. Uh, repertoire, I suppose, as an artist, unless you're playing like you're like you're doing, you know, with an Afrobeat band, which is a completely maybe different genre of music than you've been working on in previously. Hmm. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of relevant. What I did think though, when you mentioned about using those effects off the X32, I noticed that uh, Behringer have announced uh, the X18i or something. I'm not sure what it's uh, X18 Air, I think is it called. Uh, that might have been announced and you were away but that really has piqued my interest it's it's uh, wireless SM- isn't it yeah and it looks very similar to the sm pro thing that was uh announced uh, at, i think uh, i had it right here it's that thing i don't no no not that one X- no, well in- that's called the x x air 18 yeah. oh right well, only going on the information you're provided guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so what else is that sorry what was it then x18 x8 i think it's 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 confusingly it's called x18 as well and it's not that one it looks like a stage box and it's got an antenna on it. It's oh, like, uh, it on, oh, hold on. Here we go. I saw it on Sonic State. Uh, well, it <laughs> wasn't me. Ah, okay. That's the one. 18 and channel, 12 bus. That's just Yeah. And it's got so it's got 18 Midas. Oh, sorry. 16 Midas pre's and, and, a, and a sec. And, a, and, a, and, and another stereo like line. Five, six outputs. Yeah. And quite pleasingly, it it's available. The control is available on android as well as ios and also you can run it with a laptop or you know mac or pc oh look at that it's got the uh and it's gonna be oh this is interesting Uh, 18 by 18 channel bi-directional usb interface for direct recording award-winning x32 effects rack four stereo effects slots including Mm. contact your oh so i could get the uh, yeah oh i could get that that's Revolution, and what's interesting here, that's got the Dugan auto mixing, Dan Dugan auto mixing, automatically mm. manages microphone gain sharing, which is very yep. useful for uh, that. Looks mm. like it's co- coming in a future firmware upgrade. Nice spot there, guys, actually. Um, uh, it, really nice. And I mean, um, how much is that going to be? Know, Let's have a look. The X32 is the, is the product that really changed my opinion about Behringer, really. And um, my cousin is a professional sound engineer. I was with him yesterday, and he was telling me that he's been using an X32. A lot. Um, he works in Colston Hall uh, in Bristol, and uh, you know, fantastic unit has had no problem with it. Thinks the preamps are terrific, which I guess with them being these Midas design preamps, and those are the same preamps in the X32 that re- that's in that that new one there. That looks and interesting. It, yeah, and the price of it looks stupidly cheap for, for did, what it what, is. What does what? Because I can't see it here because obviously it's not available just yet. I didn't show that. Uh, I've, I've only seen it in US dollars, but I think it's around five hundred and ninety. Well, six hundred for the six hundred dollars. I think for the 
18 there's there's a there's three different ones like uh there's a 16 channel maybe and a 12 channel i'm not sure uh Uh, oh yeah there's a 12 yeah uh 16 and and an 18 the 12 channel i think is 300 dollars oh my that's uh, yeah let's have a quick look at that so you know this i think one two three four the one thing that it doesn't do is it doesn't do direct recording, and that would just be the that would be a oh, no brainer. Stick a USB me. slot in it, and stick it just... a USB stick in it. Just chuck it on the on the ground. Uh, stereo recorder, it'll, it's got. But yeah, it won't but do. It won't do per mul- channel. Yeah, multi track. Multi track. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that's it could the only, change. That's, yeah. that's the only thing. I, if they did that, I think that. But it all, it does actually also work as an audio interface, multi channel audio interface as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Nice find there, Gaz. Actually. Mm. Oh, it's fine. Well, I think I, I might have to check that USB slot as uh, as your head just put uh, in the chat. Room. As nice. I say, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that I'm actually, you know, that I'm that I've got the gas for Behringer. You know, mm. well, <laughs> we'll get, would, I think we'll try and get we'll try and get it. one of those in for review and see because I'm I'm curious to see how that would uh, work. It looks kind of pretty cool. Mm. Um, I suppose now, though, I mean, but now it's uh, back to the software side because we've now got uh, obviously we've got our sponsors our uh, isotope and their rx4 in fact i think i have an ad to play i'll play the ad and then um and then we'll announce the competition winner i'm just pressing the button repeatedly and it will come start playing in a minute is it going to play there we are isotope rx4 next generation of an industry standard that's right it's Isotope's Emmy award-winning RX software. It's the most robust, best-sounding audio repair toolkit in the market. Musicians, audio engineers, post-production professionals all use it to transform noisy, distorted, or flawed audio into pristine material. Highlights include clip gain. These are new new features. Dialogue denoiser that's now available on the standard version as well as the uh, pro version. Uh, you can reduce RX Connect. Actually, that's also really good. Streamline your process with a round trip compatible with Pro Tools and Logic, so you could just throw stuff in and out of the DAW without actually having to uh, export and import. It will handle automatically. The leveler, there's EQ match and uh, reverb ambience match, which is also really, really cool as well. There's just tons of it. Isotope.com forward slash RX4 is where you need to go if you want to take a, a, a download a free 10-day demo. Everything works works really well worth it and you can just see whether it's going to work for you and it's it, it saved my bacon on several occasions as many pieces of isotope software have so do check it out isotope.com forward slash rx uh, really well worth your time that's for sure and of course we have a winner uh uh for for this show for last not the last show's competition which was sonic talk 379 uh in fact i i i did um uh pick the winner um just a moment ago and it's a chap called jonas who's called uh, his twitter handle is uh at tweet me raz uh at so it's tweet me raz uh w-r-a-z so if you want to get in touch uh please do in fact um i'm i should write that down somewhere um but uh just so that i can show it on the screen but at tweet me raz you have won a copy of rx4 you lucky person of course isotope sponsoring the show and we've got another competition to run this week so let's bring that you need to be on twitter it's very straightforward though all you need to do is join twitter you need to send a tweet basically if you send this 
then we'll pick it up and you'll be entered in the competition. Uh, but it's really nice to have a comment as well. So, you know, just throw something in there as well, just to let us know that you're not a spam bot or anything. And uh, also that, um, you know, whether what you like or don't like about the show or just how great Gaz is, is fine. You know, any of those things, <laughs> you could put all of that in in there. So remember, all you have to do is you tweet the hashtag audio, as in flawed, as in F-L-A-W-E-D, flawed audio to at sonic nick and at isotope drink uh, inc uh, i'm actually uh, saying that out loud just in case you're listening to the audio version because as well as the video stream that you'll find on youtube obviously we have an mp3 version which is how we started this whole podcast off uh, it's now become this sort of ridiculously complicated video production but if you want to stay in touch obviously subscribe on youtube because that's definitely um, you know the way to go because we've got loads of videos coming out in fact uh we've got more from modulus the uk uh, british uh, polysynth manufacturer we've also got a review of isotope uh, not isotope universal audios thermionic culture vulture uh uh, virtualization, which is really, really good. I don't know if you ever heard one of those things. It's absolutely awesome. So those sort of things are coming along now. So uh, subscribe on YouTube and you'll just be notified when they're online rather than having to check back every day, which you might do anyway. Anyway, uh, back to you, Gaz. Uh, what's our next competition? What's our next thing that we're going to look at? Oh, this was music composition. This was really interesting, I found, because uh, there was a news post. Um, one of our uh, friends who works uh, and lives in LA went to the Game Sound Con uh, Expo at, uh, I'm not sure where it was exactly, but they, they went and they sort of saw lots of interesting um talks on people making sound for game and one of the things that was really interesting um was when i started looking into it that the techniques that are used for creating audio and music for games is really really advanced and kind of really dreadfully complicated and one of the things that was interesting was uh, this is vertical layering this is a woman called winifred phillips who is you know one of the top game composers hello i'm winifred phillips there's a, a very unusual um, look she's chosen for her videos here uh, particularly around Halloween time, if you know what I'm saying. Um, in this video, I'll be showing you the setup and basic principles of a simple three-layer interactive music composition based around the vertical layering technique. Vertical layering. You'll find a detailed description of vertical layering in my book, A Composer's Guide to Game Music. Anyway, I won't play the whole thing because she'll probably bust me for copy. But it's a, she's really smart. There's a whole series of videos on, on that. And one of the things that's very interesting, this ver one of the terms that I learned was the, ver the notion of vertical layering. And the concept is you create a stem, a music bed, you have another music bed and another music bed. They can all work on top of each other. They can work in isolation and they can work in combination, various combinations. So that basically creates you up to three, you know, what's that? Three times three, that's nine, nine possibilities from a single piece of music. But it all has to work on the key, it all has to work with the mood of what you want. It's really, really uh, amazing stuff. And there's also, there's, there's vertical integration, sorry, vertical layering, and sequential renumbering, where you can, where you, you create blocks that can just go one after the other, and they they work in a linear form, and just that, okay, on its own. When you consider the sort of, if you if you're talking about one's got a melody, one's got a counterpoint, one's got a harmonies, it's really a really complex. Mm. I don't know. I didn't really. I mean, I've sort of heard a little bit about this, but it just sounded like. A, a very thorny puzzle to uh, to fix. Have you ever had to do? Uh, have you ever had anything to do anything like that? It just sounds kind of insanely difficult. Um, no, I'm very interested. I want to get into game music. So, any game developers, please get in touch. I really want to do this, uh, and that's really kind of that 
those videos are very good, well worth watching. And she's very, uh, I think she's actually, even if she's a bit steery, she is actually very good to uh, Yeah, no, it's things. weird, I think, because I, I saw some other videos and she's not like that at all. She's actually, but it's right. just that one. She came across as yeah. really intense and a bit <laughs> weird, but she's uh, not, I don't think. That's really, has really very much piqued my interest though, because, you know, what you have to think about with, uh, you have to think about the dynamics of a, of a computer game and just how that isn't a linear, well, I mean, there are linear elements within computer games, but there's also random elements. There's all these different, the way that they work can, um, you know, pose a whole load of kind of challenges. For instance, you know, if you have like a, a pastoral scene and that pastoral scene, you know, you're, you're moving the character through some kind of, you know, waterfalls or whatever, some nice thing. And then something, some villains come yeah. on a dark, which, darkness needs to happen or something darker feel yeah it's, yeah but maybe it's got to kind of work subtly against the the pastoral theme that you've got going on core i think it sounds for me that sounds like like wonderful to, to work sound, in that it's interesting yeah. actually in the chat room um grid sleep was said it doesn't sound actually that different to the sort of virtual version of several launch pads or perhaps you know working with ableton and clip launching and having all those clips that can work together i suppose in many ways it is very similar but i'm guessing generally speaking and this is a generalization in in ableton you've usually got quite short um things that add together that that would that you would create longer pieces out of whereas what she was talking about i mean and th she said a simple three layer vertical system that there can be up to four five six seven eight vertical layers which you can run in combination and what's very interesting about it as well is what you were saying about the way that all changes the game code essentially throws out events that will then interact with the audio engine. So, for instance, if you've got Foley stuff or atmospheres, if you're moving from one space to another where there's a different atmosphere or there are different monsters, every time there's a footstep, a game is throws out an event. And the, the sequencing and the uh, the challenge to dealing with that with something like FMOD or uh, WYs, which are these sort of audio sequencing packages that allow you to create. So you might create, say, three footsteps or four footsteps, say, for instance. Obviously, anyone who's done any Foley knows that four footsteps is nowhere near enough to create a, 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 an authentic sequence. But what you can generate also into that is randomization events so that every time it does, it throws a random pitch or uh, volume. So they do sound like many, many more, but it's still, you know, because you can't basically create a thousand footsteps so there just aren't mm. the assets there's not room for the audio assets in, in the game it's just mm. it's a whole world that's kind of really i've done a little mm. bit of it but it, it we didn't do anything that was um that was down to you know game events throwing uh, you know governing the pitch and the pad just mind-blowing stuff in fact there, mm. i've got another video here which uh was a, by a chap called james watkins if you check him out on youtube i'll just play the intro uh that's not it this is uh, james watkins and he just basically goes through what he did for a game i think he does he's, he's learning about this stuff and this whole environment is something that watkins sound music if you check him out he's created this whole uh oh let me find it. so all of these events including the music beds and the panning and the orientation or, and the gunshots and everything. Watkins. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I made the sound effects and the music for the project game Angry Bots. And all the different you know, gun sounds for different creatures, just like, yeah, it's like Unity 3D. It's all of those kind of packages. And this is a world I really know very little about, but it sounds awesome if you could and i think there are courses that you can do that teach you the whole kind of shebang but it's kind of wow mental mm. 
Uh, it was also occurring to me as well, uh, working in computer games is probably the best place to work if you want to get really into sound design, because just in terms of the amount of, uh, you know, the amount of sound design that you'd have to do, but also just the, um, just how, how much creative possibilities there are with sound design in computer games, just for, I, I ooh. I can yeah. really see myself being drawn this way. <laughs> I, it, it's a very, I mean, I, I did do some game sound design, um, but, but this was very early. This was like CD-ROMs. I worked at the Real World's uh, studios on the, the Gabriel CD-ROMs. Uh, I think it was Eve, and there was, I can't remember what the other one was called. There was one other I worked on. I worked mostly on Eve, and that was a case, you know, because we had tiny little uh, fragments, you know, because that was when it was on a CD, not on a DVD. So you didn't have all that much storage for all of the stuff. So, you know, we create footsteps and foley we'd have to kind of figure out a way to create footsteps that sounded good enough to use you know repeatedly and all that kind of stuff and it was it was a very complex and immersive we i remember now actually thinking about it what we had to do was pro i had to prototype it in uh they, they sent over stuff that was prototyped in di macromedia director i don't know what that's become now it's i guess it's not for it's like flash isn't it it's that that's what it became uh, and so that well, I'd have to program all of the audio events and trigger them in and, and script them all up just so that they could hear what I'd come up with as, you know, the various sounds and the, and the atmospheres and the escapes. And so it, it's a very similar kind of idea, but on a much more simple level, you know, you set the volume and, and what have you. But mm. uh, it was very immersive. Uh, I can't remember how to do it anymore because it was such a long time ago. And, and frankly, the tools don't exist, although they probably <laughs> the newer tools look a lot easier to use. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. But a whole world of fun. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I have to admit, I did get an Xbox One a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, which uh, was to do with uh, a certain addiction to plants versus zombies garden warfare. <laughs> uh, me and my wife, I must hasten to add, uh, have this shared addiction. But um, uh, Well, that's good. It's something you can do together. Hmm. <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, this because uh, with the surround sound and stuff, it's there's just such a lot of sound going on in those such a lot of sound design, such a lot of work. It's quite mind boggling, really. Um, I remember playing the uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh, I don't know when it was, like six, seven months ago or something, but uh, what an incredible incredible piece of work that is it's just so slick and so well made and the, the the i mean i think we have talked about these in the past you know in regards to the stellar soundtracks that they have but just um yeah well the soundtracks get all the all the all the glory don't they you know the yeah. tube the, which may be customized tunes that are created for it but they're not the same thing i suppose they might be delivered as stems in which case you might just get the rhythm parts or just the mm. uh, but you know the the actual sound design yeah. around it is monstrously oh, complex enormous well. and i mean you know they when you complete the game you get like this credits that run and run and run and run and when you see how many people are working on it and just go oh, the how on earth it's all managed it's just mind-boggling because as i say i think making a film a hollywood film is one thing and obviously that's an enormous process but to actually make this interactive world that essentially plays like a film in some respects but also has all these other elements that go on and in fact actually the sound design in a game like that which is essentially a real world game is 
you don't notice a lot of it because it's so realistic. You're not actually kind of um, right. being drawn to it because it's just it just sounds like real life. But um, wow, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Interesting. There are lots of people uh, with comments in the chat room. Uh, Shaggy Freak, my friend Andrew, does some amazing video stuff. I can't quite read what that says. That says Zircon Music. Uh, also does sound design and whatnot. In fact, I know that uh, Dave Spears, we were talking about this. I think I started to talk about this. And Dave Spears has got a, a friend in uh, LA who's or San Francisco who's very deep into that. And I was hoping to have a chat with him. Maybe I'll be able to set that up for another thing. Uh, I was hoping to get that to cover last week's show. But unfortunately, it didn't work out timing-wise because he's obviously 10 hours ahead. And it was, uh, it was all a bit uh, difficult to deal with that. But maybe we can get that sorted out. But yeah, very interesting. If you want to check out any of that stuff, uh, let me see what uh, her name is. Winifred Phillips. You can go to, in fact, winifredphillips.com uh, where she's got posts to her videos and various kind of uh, places where she speaks at and talks about. And she's she's not shy about um, about the technology and the techniques involved. And she's really, you know, she really is kind of... Um, letting that information go out there and she's written a pretty interesting book which I think if you want to get into it is is Mm. well worth a read from a composer's point of view definitely (laughs) so um, what's next Um, oh let's have a look at these these uh, NASA space sounds these look quite interesting Um, uh, I think I actually I thought I'd found a SoundCloud version of that Uh, this is uh, yeah I found this on Create Digital Music, Peter Kern's excellent site. Um, NASA have just released uh, basically a whole bunch of uh, sounds from the space era. Uh, uh, system sounds. So we got to, I'll, I'll play a couple of them. I think we might have. Have I got some? Let's see if I've got any sound in here. That doesn't seem to want to play. Oh, no, maybe I didn't press the button. All these kind of n- samples. All this kind of stuff. Sputnik beeps. Cassini radio emissions and uh, a whole bunch of rocket engine sounds, which basically just sound like a little pink noise, but are just so massive. It's uh, Three, so... two, ready? One. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but there are some other ones. There's the Atlas. This has got a bit more. Yeah, a bit more rumble. Interesting. That sounds like uh, water dripping onto some cardboard, like a leaking roof, perhaps. It weird, yeah, but there's basically tons of it. If you go to SoundCloud, you can browse all the stuff, and that's what sort of made this more interesting is they put it on SoundCloud. So, because if you go to the actual site, uh, I think I had a link to it somewhere, which I obviously haven't uh, didn't make it. I had to reboot my machine, and I hadn't. Let me see where it was. Blah uh, blah 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 blah. I think it's down here somewhere. Um, sorry about this. This is a little bit NASA audio collection. Yeah, here we go. So you can see the whole thing on uh, archive.com and there's just tons of it and it's huge amounts of, it's it's quite a lot of audio. So if you went, um, Mm. saw his test program, let's have a look there, see how big it is. Uh, uh, Yep, there we go. We'll go here and, you know, there... There's just all these sort of files. That's 800 megs, 600 megs. So lots and mm. lots and lots and lots of stuff. So it's just quite an interesting idea. Have you ever used any of that mm. kind of stuff in your compositions? It's, it's, it seems like the um, a very 90s kind of thing to do, perhaps. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a absolute bumper crop, isn't it, of sample goodness, I think. Um, yeah, I've used uh, – I have used uh, – the NASA Music of the Spheres. Um, oh, yes, we covered was, that, didn't we? We covered that, yeah. The, the, those great recordings of uh, strange electromagnetic interference or something that they'd sort of record and then 
slowed down into the audio range and uh and i've yeah i've used a little bit of that um just not in any serious way but just sort of um just interesting sort of playing around yeah with well, it looks like Wait. um the license the content licensing is fine with this i mean you can't resell it or anything but you can use it without mm. kind of uh, they just ask for a credit if you're, you're going to use mm. it in any competitions which is fair enough i think um mm. Oh, yes. Uh, Angry Bonbon says in the chat room, this was so well covered, advertised, won't everybody be using them? But then mm-hmm. it's down to the individual to use them in a more uh, interesting way. You know, it's, that's that's. There's, the a lot, there's a lot. There's a lot there, though, isn't there? That's the thing. You know, no, that, there's a listening session right there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Listening to yeah. 19 of 78 rocket launch sounds. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. In fact, that's the sort of thing that I don't know if you. There used to be these. Uh, pro, there was a thing called Audition, and I'm trying to remember what else. There, there were there were these utilities that allowed you to very quickly go through a whole load of one shot samples and loops and stuff, and flag them and, and and then use them in your compositions. I can't remember. I haven't seen one of those utilities for a while. I can't remember what they were called now. I think it was called Audition. And um, who else did one? Audio Ease did one as well, called Snapper which is just a really simple way of using the finder and just going clicking on something and having a look at the waveform and converting it and stuff. Seem to be missing some of that uh, batch yeah. audio business and, you know, ways of managing assets. Because, I mean, frankly, we've got, all got tons of it now, isn't it? So, mm. um, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was fun. Uh, didn't last long, though. Uh, right, 10 to 5. <laughs> uh, no input mixing. That was another thing that I saw that looked kind of cool. I think I might have a video of this. What's that one? Hmm. Is that this one? No, that's that one. This is Tuesday Night Machines. Great um, YouTube channel. Okay, uh, this try is... this at home. Get two mixers and make sure all of the volume controls are turned down to zero. This is basically a tutorial on how to make uh, mixer feedback sounds, which I think we covered on a very early version of uh, Sonic Talk, perhaps in the pre-10 or 20, down in back then. Into an input of mixer two. So the notion here is that you would just create feedback loops and and then then you play them with level, uh, EQ and various other things. I don't know what it sounds like, but let's let's have a look and see what happens. Turn up the gain on both mixer's input channels. Turn the gain up, there we go. And see what happens. And then slowly increase both volume levels. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> it's like, uh, ah! It's the sort of thing that you, <laughs> by, by your nature, go, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, amount. I know. And you should see rising signal levels. But when you can control it... Turn up the main output of Mixer 2 very slowly. And you should create a feedback loop, which you can hear. You certainly can. I think the trick is trying to figure okay, out how to create pictures from it. Levels. And see what kind of sounds you can get out of that feedback loop. Yeah, interesting. Interesting sort of. I don't know they were the greatest examples. I, I seem to remember doing something ages back where I created a very short piece. I think when you combine it with effects, you can get some really interesting sounds. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that there were some early uh, exponents of electronic music who were doing very much the same sort of thing with sort of feedback loops and creating this kind of stuff going on. But it made me think a little bit about, um, obviously, mixers are designed to, to not let this happen to a degree, although when you consider perhaps the way that a feedback work, uh, a delay works with feedback, we're sort of utilising that technology to a degree with very controlled amounts of uh, regenerative uh, gain. Can you think yeah. of any software... 
is there a way to abuse the DAW and plugin chain to do the same sort of thing? And I, I couldn't think of any. I mean, I haven't tried it all that much, but I'm pretty sure that all of those things are sort of protected. You're you're not Ooh. able to do that thing so easily. I suppose I've heard uh, digital feedback occasionally when you have, you know, a, a record ready input with uh, a howl round. Yeah, no, I think you can make this software feedback. That's a great idea, actually. I'm going to try that now. Because um, although I was going to say though, it's um, as a way of getting feedback, it's not quite as sexy as going up to your guitar amp, is it, with your guitar? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, ooh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The very nature of feedback is that. I mean, I love getting guitar feedback. It's so it's it's so evolved, doesn't it? It's got a kind yeah, of a, yeah. evolution. And, uh, and so that that video is quite interesting, actually. Thinking about just being able to just control it. It was quite interesting, wasn't it? The way you, it did remind me a little bit when that gain started it, towards the end of the clip you just played, and it started to sort of chop up a little bit. Um, it reminded me a little bit of the. Uh, uh, the brute factor a little bit on the micro brute, or, uh, or yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose the, that's, that's a very interesting point because you get the mm. same thing certainly in uh, the brute factor. There's also in the boom mm -hmm. stars. There's the ability to create feedback, and, and uh, in the and in the Dave Smith the mofo as well had a similar thing you could yeah, do. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And mm. in fact, the uh, the monarch, which is the reactor kind of make on uh, a, a Model D Mini Moog. Mm -hmm. That has a feedback uh, control as well, which obviously is allowing for that to happen in software. So there must mm. be, yeah, the Tempest, the DSi Tempest, that does it as well. That's mm. interesting. Yeah, so I suppose it's there, but I guess in terms of access it, accessing, accessing things that aren't supposed to have it, it's a bit more complicated mm. to try and set up. But I would like to see some experiments with that. That might be very interesting to see what kind of software allows you to do to, to abuse it so much. Yeah, I mean, it, in a way, such a lot of great music has been made out of the abuse of the equipment, really, isn't it? You yeah, know? that's true. So it's, uh, you know, doing things that it's not meant to do and finding ways to, finding ways around it. I mean, but blimey, you don't, it's a dangerous game. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can break stuff. Uh, actually, uh, Kostakai yeah. in the chat room says you can play with reason in uh, with feedback in reason so uh, oh, that's interesting i guess because you can patch things and cables lucky mistakes are great yeah so i think we should probably that's a good limitation just to have to make some stuff made from software enabled feedback that sounds like an interesting idea yeah i mean we've got such a wonderful chat room and you you know people who listen to sonic talk i think more competitions or, or you know or challenge maybe not competitions as such but or maybe competitions challenge Chale challenges i think would be great you know sort of there is a challenge there make peace out of just feedback make a patch and, uh, then, yeah hmm. and just sort of uh yeah don't quite know what mechanism you could do but i'd be dead interested to see what people came up with yeah uh, and i'd like to, i'd like to have a go uh i wouldn't i mean does the chat room like the idea of challenges? <laughs> I think they might do. Um, let's yeah. have a look. I got this competition on lockdown. Right. Uh, yep. Group collaboration. 
maybe there's a way what what we need to do is maybe figure out if there's a way to utilize uh some form of online collaboration tool mm. and this as well so yeah yeah definitely there are lots of people well the way they responded mm. to the um the theme tune uh yeah notion was was outstanding overwhelming was. so overwhelming Amazing. so yeah maybe we should we should it's, it's, it we'll try like to draw a, up a schedule of events Yay! I think that'd be amazing. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, Try uh, Bricks uh, is mentioning in the chat room um, about the, it's an OP1 challenge using just the, only using the metronome sound. Now on the, uh, ah. the operator one, where, uh, it's like a it's like a, a forum, um, uh, an un, uh, you know an unofficial forum for the OP1. They have these um, battles, OP1 battles, and these battles are really really interesting. Actually, what happens in the battle is uh, there's a bunch of um, criteria for each battle so uh and it, it's always about the op1 but what it might say is for this particular battle you're only allowed to use this synth engine because there's different synth engines in the op1 say for instance you're only allowed to use the the, the pulse engine and you're only allowed to use the the d box for the drum uh the drum machine or, or something like that they have like they have these certain criteria and that's it and then everybody then sort of submits yep. tracks that conform to that uh criteria and uh, there's some uh, there's some brilliant entries um and you know it's it's a great from the op1 point of view it's really great because it sort of cultivates this user interaction um and people learn it's a very nice website it's a very nice forum actually people are very friendly and helpful on that forum but um you know I think we could do something along those lines. The Sonic, though, I think would be yeah, amazing. I think that's a good idea. All right, well, yeah. have a think about that. I'll add it to my <laughs> uh, my, ex- my increasingly extending list. But I think that's a good <laughs> idea because uh, yeah. we have got uh, just to let you know where we are. What we got? I've got the Boom Stars reviews to do. I've also got the Strikefet, the Waldorf Strikefet, which I do like the sound of very much. Mm. I think I've got an MFB Dominion synthesizer coming as well, and I've got the Sub Thirty Seven en route so i've got a big pile of synthesizers to get through quite soon so uh yeah that's going to be really interesting uh, that's really not got anything to do with anything i think i was just saying look i'm really busy it might not happen for a bit that's <laughs> my caveat <laughs> possibly uh, which uh, is rather dismal of me the, the, the strike fact strike fact is that, yeah is strike that right? fact I mean, I'm so interested to see. When uh, have you done a review, or you're doing a review of that? Uh, I'm going to do one. I haven't done it yet. Mm. I've been playing with it a little bit, mm. and it does sound really nice. It's very musical. It's like a really, it's a really pleasant thing to play with, and it has quite a lot of interesting um, sounds, constantly variable waveforms and what have you. C- coming back to the earlier point about being maybe overwhelmed by choices and software and various things like that you know it does make me wonder whether that that is a pointer to more future products of just concentrated on one thing yeah concentrated on one thing trying not not to be everything to everybody yeah yeah and and it's got you know you can do quite a lot within these particular parameters and um uh and, and and maybe that is a more creative pursuit. I, I, I tend to thrive more with that. So so that strike effect thing, there was a lot of, I read a lot of negativity towards it, but I was actually, I was like, ooh, I thought it sounded quite quite cool. So, yeah. mm, 
It does sound nice, yeah. It definitely does. Um, and I, I think I played uh, last show, I had it hooked up with the Boom Stars and layered up. It's just John Carpenter. You know, there it is. It's <laughs> like, bang, I've just created a John Carpenter soundtrack with with two fingers. That's it. Yes, it, it does definitely, definitely works nicely. Um, mm. Is there anything else in our uh, list of stuff that we should cover or we could probably... Uh, we might be able to just uh, just call it a King Sunny, actually, because um, then I've got some topics for next week, just in case there's nothing about, because it's, it's sort of a quiet time of year still. Uh, I think there's the post-summer mm-hmm. lull, but uh, there will be more. So maybe we'll leave it there. But don't forget, um, you can, obviously, there are 379 other Sonic Talk episodes, if you haven't had enough. Um, most of them are on <laughs> YouTube, but the rest of them are on sonicstate.com, so you can go um, back and listen. Yep. I, want, I was going to say, there is the machine is going to be having a quite a significant update in the next couple of weeks. I think it's some, it's due to drop somewhere in November, right? uh, Version 2.2. And I think that's going to finally attempt to sort of do, do a certain thing, a few things, which I think were missing from the start, namely being able to uh, have scales mapped to the, to the 16 pads. All right. Uh, but also an arpeggiator and sort of like chord modes. And some of, some of the features are being implemented so to bring it in line with the uh, the new control, uh, what are they called, the um, the new keyboards, oh, yes. the new line of keyboards that they're bringing out just so there's this kind of way that, they, that the scales and key modes work together. But um, I think it's going to take machine into an interesting realm really whereas maybe its focus has been perhaps more on the beat making side of things i think it's gonna um open up its uh, melodic and harmonic uh potential quite considerably so that's that's something to look out for if there's any yeah okay well uh, definitely maybe we'll be able to get yeah. one in and um once again you know maybe you can have a look at it for us we'll have to see yet but uh, mm. uh but yeah that sounds really good Okay, well, I think um, that probably brings this show to an end. I want to say thank you very much for listening. It's been uh, much fun as ever, and uh, it looks like all the the network has held up after all of my uh, wrestling with it over the past three days. It was simple. Just turn off one of the machines that was causing the problem. I'm going to finish it. Redwall wants to know... Oh, hold on a minute. Redwall wants to know, how can we pronounce? How can we can pronounce Machina but not Strikefet? I thought Strikefet oh. was... I thought I'd managed that. I, I beg your pardon. Oh, pedant. <laughs> Always. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It is Machina. Machina and Strugfet. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Well, anyway, back to the back to the goodbyes. Once again, thank you very much to Isotope for sponsoring the show. Don't forget, if you want to enter the competition to win a copy of RX4, all you need to do is get on uh, Twitter and tweet this out, basically, which is hashtag audio, flawed as in, you know, imperfect. Uh, to at Sonic Nick and at Isotope Inc. And then your competition entry will be posted. But please, you know, add a comment as well. You've still got a, a few characters left. So uh, I'd appreciate if you did that. And once again, we want to say um, thank you to them for sponsoring the show. And don't forget, if you are Tweet Me Raz, you've won RX4 from uh, episode 379. So mm-hmm. uh, that's it for this week. I want to say thank you very much to Gaz for joining me and... Um, giving giving me 50% more content than than I had before I realised there was nobody on the show. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, uh, it's always a pleasure. And big thanks to the chat room as well for just being just the 
best. Being there, yeah, absolutely. They've no, been fantastic. Brilliant. Just constantly giving and just being so friendly and helpful. It's amazing. I yeah. Really, really they are to, good guys yeah. and gals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, I'll leave you now. That was Sonic Talk number 380. Don't forget, subscribe to us on YouTube, and then all this stuff will just come to you automatically, and you won't have to keep checking back. Okay, that's it. Bye.